Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, The Last Mercenary, Chapter 10. I know the last chapter was intense, but... So, Chapter 10. With a face as grim as death, Michael pulled on his black wetsuit and fins and checked the air in his tanks and the mouthpiece and face mask. He seized the big knife... He sheathed the big knife he always carried on covert missions to the belt around his waist. He attached a waterproof carry pack. He interrogated one of the men who'd been far too intimidated not to tell him what he wanted to know about Lopez's setup on the yacht, the number and placement of his men, and his firepower. I should go with you, Rodrigo told him. You can't dive. Mike said, besides, this is a one-man job. If I don't make it... It will be up to you and Bonjo to finish it, but whatever happens, he added courtly with a threatening stare. Don't let them get Cali. I won't, I swear it, Rodrigo said heavily. Tell Bonjo where I've gone after I've gone, but only after I'm gone, he added. Don't let him follow me. Picked up a small device packed with plastique and shoved it into the waterproof bag on his belt and sealed it. Once you set the trigger... Once you set the trigger, you only have a few minutes to get free of the ship. If the engines fire up with your place in the bomb, you'll be chum, Rodrigo said work. You already look exhausted, even if everything goes right. How will you make that swim and turn around and come back in time? If I can't get free in that amount of time, I'm in the wrong business, he told Rodrigo. I described my expensive government training. How many men on the yacht right now? Rodrigo nodded toward the yacht. Which had just come into view in the past ten minutes. It was out very fair. It was out very far, almost undetectable without exotic surveillance devices. But they had a device that used a heat sensor with a telescopic lens, and they could see inside the ship. The crew, Lopez, and six henchmen. It's suicide to do this alone. I'm not letting him try again. He said shortly, and his eyes were blazing. I've put Callie's life at risk already, because I was arrogant enough to think she was safe here. She could have been killed tonight while I was asleep in my bed. I won't get over that in a hurry. I'm not going to give her to Lopez no matter what it costs me. Put a hand on Rodriguez. Listen to me. If anything goes wrong, you tell Bonjo. I want him to take care of her from now on. There's enough money in my Swiss account to support her and my father for life. In any style they like. Tell Bonjo. I said to see that she gets it. Less the sum we agreed on for all of you. Promise me. Of course I promise, Rodrigo's eyes there. You look different. <laughs> I'm just a deuce of virgin who thinks she was having an erotic dream. He saw with black humor. No wonder I look different. <laughs> it's been a long night. He said, call the police an hour from now. He looked at his expensive commando watch, the one with a tiny shaped knife blade that could be released from the edge of the face with a light touch. Coming up on 1410 hours. Almost. Almost. Hack. Rodrigo had set his watch at the same time. He gave Michael a long, worried look as the taller man put on his face mask and adjusted the mouthpiece. Dostid Pertanya, Rodrigo said quite gently, God protect you. Micah smiled and put the mouthpiece in. Seconds later, he was in the water, underwater, heading out toward the yacht. It was a distance of almost a half a mile, and Rodrigo was uneasy. But Micah had been a champion swimmer in, high, in his high school days, and he had some sort of record for being able to hold his breath underwater. He looked very tired, though, and that was going to get, go against him. 
odd, Rodrigo thought, that the man who just got out of bed should look exhausted after the culprits had been dealt with so quickly and effectively, which couldn't have tired him. He hoped Michael would succeed. He checked his watch, glanced at the bound, and gagged captives in their underwear and shrugged. How's that for you, comrades? That your futures will be seen through vertical bars, but then your choice of employer leaves so much to be desired. He turned away, recalling that Micah had told him to phone the police an hour after he'd gone, but he hesitated to do that, orders or not. Timing was going to be everything here. There was a hold-up planting the charge, and if Lopez had someone on the payroll in a Nazi, the show was over. Lopez would get word of the failed kidnapping attempt in time to blow Micah out of the water. Micah couldn't have been thinking straight. Rodrigo would do that for him. He would watch Micah's back. Now he prayed that his boss could complete this mission without discovery. If ever a man deserved his fate, it was Manuel Lopez. He gave a Mexicans a bad name, and for that alone, Rodrigo was anxious to see him go down. It took Micah a long time to reach the boat. He was exhausted from the mindless pleasure Kelly had given him, making love or just before the most dangerous mission of recent years had to be evidence of insanity but it had been so beautiful so tender he could still hear her soft surprised cries of pleasure the memory was the sort of man wouldn't mind going down in the darkness for of course wasn't helping him focus on the task at hand he forcefully put the interlude to the back of his mind and swam on he paused as he reached the huge yacht huge lot yacht careful working his way towards the huge propellers at the stern which were off right now but wouldn't would start again eventually if they started while he was near them he'd be caught in their turbine wake and dragged right into those cruel blades to be dismembered before he set the charge not the end he hoped for he kept himself in place with slow movements of his fins while he sh shone an underwear underwater light hook to his belt on the bomb package and closed in the waterproof bag. He drew it out very carefully and secured it to a metallic connection between the propellers, stuck like glue, positioned the light so that he could work with his hands while he wired the charge into the propeller system. It was meticulous work, and he was really tired, but he finally secured the connection and double-checked the explosive package. Yes, the minute the turbine engines fired, the ship would blow up. The problem was, he was already too tired to swim back. He was going to have to give himself 30 minutes to get back to the shore and pray that Lopez didn't have his men fire up those propellers until he was out of harm's way. He gave the ship's hull a gentle pat, with a momentary twinge of regret of having to destroy such a beautiful yacht. Then he turned and moved slowly, cautiously, around toward the bow of the ship. There was a ladder hanging down from the side. He paused at it. He passed it with idle curiosity and held on to it while he floated, letting his body relax and rest. He just happened to look up while he was hanging from it. Just above the surface, a man was aiming an automatic weapon down at him through the water. He couldn't get away. He was too tired. Besides, the man was likely to miss at this range. Salute the flag and move on. He was philosophically. Nobody lived forever, and his death would serve a noble cause. All he had to do was make them think he'd come aboard to use the knife on Lopez, so they wouldn't start looking for bombs. They had enough time to find and disarm it if he didn't divert them. The waterproof bag on his hip was going to be hard to explain, so was his flashlight. Fortunately, the light fit into the bag and weighed it down. He unhooked the bag and closed it out of sight while the man above motioned angrily for him to come up the ladder. He let the bag drop and sank even as he 
started the climb to his own death. He might get a chance at Lopez before they killed him, because Lopez would want to gloat. He padded onto the deck in his breathing equipment and fins, which the man ordered him in Spanish to take off. Micah tossed his gear aside carefully, because the man with the gun was nervous. If he had any chance at all to escape, he could make the distance without his equipment if he swam, assuming he wasn't shot to death in the process. He had to hope for a break, but it wasn't likely. This was a situation that every working mercenary had considered when he chose the lifestyle. Death could come at any minute unexpectedly. He stood glaring down at the smaller man. Even with his automatic weapon, the drug lord's man didn't seem too confident. He backed up two more steps. Micah nodded the hasty, noted the hasty retreat and tends to make his move. But only seconds later, Lopez and two more men, armed men, came up on deck. Lopez stared at Micah for a minute and then recognized flashed in his eyes. Hit recognition flashed in his dark eyes. My Castillo, I perceive. He drawled in an accent of English, put his hands behind him, and walked around Micah like an emperor inspecting a new set. You lack proficiency, don't you? Were you planning to use this on me while I slept? He added, jerking the big bowie knife out of his sheath. A nasty weapon. Very nasty. Put the point against Micah's wetsuit, you slow nibble. A hot thrust, and you cease to exist. You were careless. Now you'll pay the price for it, his face went. Where are my two men that I sent to reclaim your stepsister? Michael smiled calmly. The police have them by now. I expect they'll spill their guts trying to save themselves. <laughs> they would not dare, Lopez says. They fear me. They won't fear you if you're in prison, he replied easily. Or dead. Lopez laughed. It amused him that this mercenary wasn't begging for his life. He was used to men who did. You attempt that diversion ser serves no purpose. We both know that my men are on the way back with their captive even now. And in fact, he had a deliberate smile. I had a phone call just before you were discovered, telling me that she was safely bound and gagged. Your men are too no numerous for them to fight, so they are hiding her some distance from your house until the coast is clear and they can get her with the boat. He chuckled malicely. Malicy. Micah surmised that a cell phone had been discovered on one of the men, and Rodrigo had used it to reassure Lopez. Stroke of genius! And it might have worked if Micah hadn't been careless and let him so get captured like a raw recruit. I am fond of knives, Lopez murmured and ran his fingers over the carved bone handle, almost like a crest. He looked at Micah as he traced a pattern. This time I will not give your steps so to my men. I will use this knife on her myself. His eyes were cold and hard on feeling. I will skin her alive, he said softly. With every strip that comes off, I will remind her that you were careless enough to let her be apprehended a second time. This gaze was. You invited my home to take her from me. No one who relates me in such manner lives to gloat about it. You will die, and your sister will die, and in such a way that will frighten anyone who sees it. Mikey stu Micah studied the little man with contempt. Seeing the years of death and torture that had benefited Lopez, the juggler could buy people, yachts, countries. He had enormous power, but it was power built on foundations of greed, floored with blood and tears. If ever a man deserved to go down, it was Lopez. You're very quiet, Micah. Still, Lopez said suddenly, and his eyes narrowed suspiciously. I was thinking that I've never encountered anyone as evil as you, Lopez, he said quietly. You have no conscience at all, Lopez shrugged. I am what I am, he said simply. In order to accumulate great wealth, one has to be willing to take great risks. I have been poor. I never want to be poor again. Plenty of people prefer to, be, prefer to murder. 
Lopez only left. You are, how is it said, stalling for time, he said abruptly. Are you hoping to be rescued, or are you hoping that perhaps one of your men has checked on your stepsister, found her missing from her room? That is not likely. My men are quite expert. Playing for time will avail you nothing. Mikey could have told him that he was using the time to rest from his exhausted swim, marshalling his strength for an all-out assault. If they took him down, he vowed he was at least going to take Lopez with him, even if he died with the drug lord's neck in his hands. Well, we might think it possible to overpower all of us and escape. He laughed again. I think that will wait to be. I think that will wait to begin your investigation until your sister's on board with us, Carlos. Tell the captain to start the engine to move us a little closer to the island. Mike's heart stopped dead, but not a trace of fear or apparition showed on his face. Lopez was watching him very closely, as if he suspected something. Mike simply smiled, considering that it was the fortunes of war that sometimes she didn't win. At least Kelly was saved, yet lost completely as long as she survived. Took the relaxing breath and waited for the explosion. Lopez's instrument was almost up the steps to the pilot house when Lopez wheeled suddenly. Wait, Lopez called his man back suddenly, and Michael fought to keep from showing his wound. I do not trust you, still, Lopez added. I think perhaps you want me to go closer to your island to give your men a shot at us here on the deck. If so, you are going to be disappointed. Turn to the man, Carlos. Take him below and tie him up. Then I want you and Juan to take one of the boats and follow in the steps of Ramon and Jorge. They must be somewhere near the house waiting for the mercenaries to give up the search or locate his elsewhere. You can help them bring the girl back. See, si, senor. Carlo said at once and stuck the automatic weapon into Micah's back. You will go ahead of me, senor, he told Micah. And remember, there will be an armed man at the foot of the steps. Escape is not possible. Vaya! Micah gave Lopez one last contemptuous look before he went down the steps into the bowels of the ship. So far, so good. They were convinced that their men on the shore were safe and had Kelly. They were going to start the ship just yet. Thank God. He had one last chance to absolve himself. He was going to take it, regardless of the price. The henchman tied him up in the chair with nylon cord at his wrists and ankles. The cord was tight enough to cut off the circulation. Micah felt his hands and feet going numb. But he wasn't going to protest. What's well, a nice fish we caught, Lopez's man chuckled. And seeing big fish, we will flay you and your stepsister together. His eyes narrowing smiled coldly. You've embarrassed my boss. No one is allowed to do that. You must be made an example of. I would not wish to be in your shoes. He looked pointedly at Micah's bare feet. Hypothetically speaking, he added, enjoy your last minutes of life, senor. The small man left Micah in the stateroom, which is obviously some sort of guest room. There was a bed and a dresser and this chair in it, and it was very small. One of the officers of the ship might sleep here, he reasoned. Now that he was alone, and he wouldn't be for long, he might have just enough time to free himself. Micah touched the button on his watch that extended the small but very sharp little knife blade concealed in the watch face. He caught himself free with very little effort. But the most dangerous part was yet to come. There were men everywhere, all armed. The one thing he had going for him was that it was dark and Lopez had very few lights on deck at the moment, hoping not to be noticed by Micah's men. He eased out into the corridor and listened. He heard a man's voice humming a Mexican drinking song off-key nearby, wake, watching up and down the hall with every step he eased into the gallery. man just a little smaller than he was, stirring something in a very big strainless steel pot. He was wearing black slacks and a black sweater with an apron over them. Micah smiled, caught the man from behind and stunned him, carefully eased the cook back behind the stove and began to strip him, pulled off his scrub scuba gear and donned the cook's outwear. 
Out of word, taking time to dress the cook in his own diving suit. The cook had dark hair, but it wouldn't matter. All he had to do was look like Micah at a distance. He got the cook over his shoulder and made his way careful to the ladder that led up onto the deck. Lopez was talking to two other men and not looking in Micah's direction. What superior self-confidence, Micah thought pity to spoil it. He slapped the cook and brought him around, and the next instant he threw the man overboard on the side that faced away from Micah's island. Micah yelled in Spanish, <laughs> so was escaped. He went there, to the left, in the sea. There was a cry of fury from Lopez, followed by harsh orders and the sound of running feet. Micah followed the other men, managing to blend in, rearing suddenly to the other side of the ship. Just as he got there, he was faced with the henchman who hadn't followed the orders. The man had an automatic weapon in his hand, and he was hesitating. His eyes tried to see Micah, who was half in sh shadow, so that his blonde hair hadn't given give the game away the man pulled the trigger he shot at the man angrily what are you waiting for a beer get going stills over there he hesitated with his heart in his throat waiting waiting all once there was a shout from the other side of the ship the man who was holding mike at bay still hesitated but the noise got louder the aa repeated he waved the man on urgently with a mumble spanish imprecation about still and his useless escape attempt. The space of seconds before they discovered the man in the water was not Micah. Their escaping captive got over the rail and into the ocean and struck out back toward the shore. Kept the strokes even and quick and zigzagging. Even if Lopez's men spotted him, they were going to have a, to work at hitting him from that distance. Every few yards, he sub submerged and swam underwater. Any minute now, he told himself, well, thank God he'd had just enough rest to allow him a chance making it to shore before he was discovered and killed. He heard loud voices and a searchlight being swept in the water. Micah dived under again and held his breath. With a little bit of luck, they might pass right over him in his black clothing. He blended in very well with the ocean. There was gunfire. He ground his teeth together and prayed they'd missed him. Probably they were shooting blind, hoping to hit him with a lucky shot. Odd, though, the gunfire sound closer than that. Came up for air to snatch a breath and almost collided with his own swift motorboat with Boncho driving it and fired an automatic rifle toward Lopez and hit his men at the same time. Climb in, boss. Boncho called and kept shooting. Remind me to give you a raise. Micah pointed, panted as he dragged himself over the side into the rifle. Good work, good work. Now get the hell out of here before they blow us out of the water. Bonji swung the boat around masterfully and emitted the same zigzagging pattern that Micah had used when he swam. Lopez is mad now, Micah said with a glittering smile. If there's any justice left in the world, he'll try to move in closer to get a better shot at us. We hit, we hope, Bonjo. Bonjo said solemnly, still dodging bullets. Micah looked back toward the ship, now clearly visible against the horizon. He thought of all Lopez's helpless victims, of whole families in tiny little Mexican towns who had been moved down with automatic, mowed down with automatic weapons for daring to help the authorities catch the local pushers. He thought of the hard fight to shut down Lopez's distribution network, slated for operations in Jacobsville, Texas. Thought of Callie in that murderous assassin's hand, of the knife cut in her pretty little breast where the point had gone in. Thought of Callie dead, tortured, tortured an anguished expression locked forever in those gentle features. Thought of his father, who had been Lopez's next target. Thought of Lisa Monroe Parks, young husband in the DEA who'd been killed on Lopez's orders. He thought of all the law enforcement people who risked their lives and their lives of their families to stop Lopez. It's retribution time, Lopez. Micah said absently, watching the big ship with somber eyes. Live calls and the best for all of us. Sooner or later, if you're overdue, you drug-dealing son of a... 
before the last bird left his lips, there was a huge fire burst where the ship had been sitting in the water. Flames rolled up and up and up, billowing black smoke into the atmosphere. The sound rocked the boat, and pieces of the yacht began falling from the sky in a wide circumference. Micah and Bonjo ducked down in the boat and covered their heads as Bonjo increased their speed and changed direction, hoping to miss the heavily metal parts that were raining down with wooden fabric and fabric. They made it to the boat deck and jumped out as the last pieces of what had been Lopez's yacht fell into the water. Mercenaries came rushing down from the house all armed to see what happened. Say goodbye to Lopez. Mike told them, eyes narrowing with cold serenity. They all watched the hull of the ship, still partially intact, start to sink. To their credit, none of them cheered or laughed or made a joke. Human lives had been lost. It was no cause for celebration. Not even when the ringleader was as bad as Lopez. It had been necessary to eliminate it. He was crazed with vengeance and dangerous to the world at large. Rodrigo came up with him. Glad to see you're still alive, boss, he said, Mike and Otter. It was close. I was too tired to swim back. He caught me at the ladder like a raw recruit. <laughs> There's a faint sound from Peter. And the newness of the group. I thought slips were my signature, he told Micah. Even veterans can step the wrong way and die for it. Micah told him gently, that's why you always do it by the book and make sure you've got backup. I broke all the rules, but I don't want to put anyone else at risk. I got lucky. Sometimes you don't. You watch the last of Lopez Yahtzee. What about our two guests? They're still in the shed. Load them up and take them into Nasi and say we'll file charges for trespassing. Michael told him I'm on my way. Well, a federal agent's coming the island by dawn, I guess. One of, will a federal agent come on the island by dawn, I guess, when the other <laughs> mercenaries groan? Micah shook his head. I was sanctioned, and that's all I intend to say about this ever. He added, when the man seemed to set to protest, let's see if we can get a little more sleep before dawn. Mamalina Greenman met the suggestion. He walked back into the house and down the hall to his bedroom. Callie's door was still closed. He felt a horrible pang of guilt when he remembered what had happened before he went after Lopez. He was never going to get over what he'd done. He took his shower and changed it into a pair of white shorts and a white and red patterned silk shirt. He padded down the hall to the kitchen and started to get a beer out of the refrigerator, but it hadn't been a beer sort of night. He turned on his heel and went to the liquor cabinet in his study. He poured himself two fingers of Kennedy bourbon with a little ice and took it back down the hall with him. At the door of Callie's room, he paused. He opened the door gently, moved in to stand by the bed, and looked down at her. She was sound asleep, her cheek pillowed on a pretty hand, devoid of jewelry. She kicked off the sheet and bedspread, and her long legs were visible where the gown had fallen away from them. She looked innocent untouched you remember the feel of that soft mouth under his the exquisite loving that had driven every sane thought out of his mind his body went rigid just from the memory she stirred as if she sensed his presence but she didn't wait the sedative had really kicked in now she wouldn't wait until dawn if then he reached down a gentle hand and brushed the hair away from the corner of her mouth and her cheek she wasn't convenient conveniently pretty but she had an inner beauty that made him feel as if he'd just found spring after a hard winter he liked to hear her laugh he liked the way she dressed so casual and indifferently she didn't take hours to put on makeup hours to dress she didn't complain about the heat or the cold or the food she was honest as any woman he'd ever known she had wonderful qualities but he was afraid of her He'd been a loner most of his life. His mother's death when he was ten had hit him hard. He adored his mother. After that, it had been jacking himself. They'd grown very close, but when Callie and her mother moved in, everything had changed. Suddenly, he was an outsider in his own family. He despised Callie's mother and made no secret of his resentment for both women. That had caused a huge rift between his father and himself. 
only that had inevitably grown wide enough to divide them altogether. He blamed Callie for the final blow because he convinced himself that she'd found Jack and sent him to the hall to find Micah and Anna kissing. Callie had always denied it, and finally he believed her. And had been piqued because he rejected her. He took a sip of the whiskey and stared down at her broodingly. She was part of his life, part of him. He hated knowing that. He hated the memory of her body moving sensuously under his while he seduced her. All she thought she... And she thought she'd been dreaming. What if she woke up still believing that? That not only had... They not only had sex, but thanks to him they'd had unprotected sex. His dark eyes slid down her body to her flat belly. Life might already be going in her womb. His breath caught. Kelly might have his baby. His lips parted as he thought about a baby. He never wanted one before. He could see Callie with an infant in her arms, in her heart, in her life. Callie would want his baby. He felt an alien passion gripping him for the first time. Just as quickly he considered the difficulty it would engender. Callie might be pregnant. She wouldn't remember how she got that way either. First his lips feeling oddly whimsical for a man who was facing the loss of freedom and perhaps even the loss of his lifestyle and his job. Wouldn't it be something if Callie was pregnant and he was the only one who knew? End of chapter 10